You are tuned in to Lightworkers Lounge, tales of having a human experience in a spiritual world. I was so worried that back like six months ago when we were saying, talking about masculine and feminine energy, and I was essentially admitting like I would love to be a stay-at-home mother and garden and you know I say love (laughs) with a little bit of ease and wiggle room because I know that being a stay-at-home parent stay-at-home person is a very hard job running a household requires so much physical and emotional energy Mm -hmm. that now I am in a place where I'm questioning I don't know if I want to be a mom (laughs) because I as I like get closer and peek in the door because all my friends have babies and it's like, what is this like? I'm like, wait a second. None of it looks glamorous anymore. I don't, maybe my hormones are getting into premenopause. And I'm like, no. no, I'm only 34 for those listening. I don't think, I don't think parenthood is one of those things that's supposed to just be bliss and amazing Mm -hmm. you don't like there is no glam to it there never will be i think the the coolest part is when you create a human that then goes out and does something phenomenal in the world for themselves and others then at 30 years later then you're like "Ah, that was all worth it yeah but i don't know if there's anyone who would be like it's worth it every single day of every single week yeah it's it's hard it's work it's really hard your like, voice sounds so sad. Does it? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Why are you sorry? I don't know. I think I'm just monotone right now with life. Are you okay to record? Yeah. You sure? Yes, promise. Look at you, like, move your hands. Like, yep, I'm good. I'm like, yeah. Why do you say sorry? It's your podcast. I want to affect it. But no, I'm good. This is... These people have heard me cry... I've probably recorded while I was going poop once. Who knows? It's been many years. I've seen you. <laughs> They've been through it all. This is what Lightworkers Lounge is, is we don't wait until life is perfect. We don't wait until we're high energy. Yes, guys, his voice is monotone. Mine might be as well, but you know, I am a Sagittarius at the end of the day. I hop back pretty quick. I don't really have much fire. Well, I do have a lot of fire. Yeah, you but... do, Jupiter and Aries boy. But it's been tough. The transition to Denver has not been easy. That doesn't mean it's not the place. It doesn't mean we need to pack up and leave, even though those discussions have been had. But lots of things have happened. And I would rather not just talk about it on the podcast over and over. I would sound like a broken record and whining. We're just kind of taking things as they come. Yeah. This is life. This is real world shit. Yeah. I think a lot of couples come on a microphone and just talk about the good times and their growth and their achievements and their success. They don't ever sit and press record and say, this sucks right now. Well, I get it. It's different because I'm, I'm normally like, no, we got this, mm-hmm. like whatever, in whatever situation it is. But yeah, I've been, I've been fucking struggling here mm-hmm. for sure. Me too. So, yeah. Yeah. And this isn't our relationship. Our relationship no. is fine. There's, there's nothing going on with us if you guys are worried, but it's external forces, you know, being a, being a couple and being in a relationship is really, really hard and this is coming from two people who have been married and divorced before they turned 30 and now two people who are trying to have another long-term committed relationship it's it's hard i think the hardest part for me i said it to you the other day is that 
I'm a small town country boy. That's how I was born. That's how mm-hmm. I was raised. And I really have never lived anywhere that has had millions of people in a city <laughs> for one. Yeah. And so it's, it's, uh, it's a lot. Yeah. I think what we're going through is just culture shock, which I, you know, when we first got here, I was waiting for that wave to hit because i knew you and i have moved especially me before i met you mm-hmm. i have moved and lived from las vegas to boston massachusetts <laughs> like at the world is my home at this point i know what to expect and i have a formula that i've shared on my newsletter where when you move because a lot of people do nowadays the first three months are hell you're looking for all the reasons why you made the wrong choice it's just this weird thing that our brains do. We're picking the things of, yep, this was the wrong choice. This We do it. We humans do it every time it happens. By month three or four, you start to be like, okay, wait, I got this. Mm-hmm. By month six, you usually have a routine. By month nine, you usually have friends and people you trust. And by month 12, if you're still, you're, you should be calm. And by month 12, one year mark, you can actually say yes or no to a place. I think this one's just been different because I've never felt this way and we've lived so many places. Like even when we experienced that culture shock in Orlando, mm-hmm. it still didn't measure up to this. And yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. This is it's, And there's other things that have that have happened along the way. But right, it's cool because this will this kind of goes into what you're gonna talk about. Yeah, Aren't I good? I should be a podcast. Flow, but like <laughs> yeah. But it's just been different. It's yeah. been hard. It's been really, 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 yeah, I feel really like we hard. Just, guys, what we're talking about. I've never we said will... it's been hard before. Like yeah. if you go back and listen to all the podcasts, I've never once. Whenever you were like, this is hard. I'm transitioning. Like I was like, well, it's maybe like maybe these things are more of a female thing. No, but shit is tough. Because I've never dealt with it. It's like, oh, we lived in Pagosa. Yeah. Cool. Like I had my little deals in the beginning. Like oh, I'm frustrated. I can't run. It's muddy. But like uh-huh. 30 days later, mud was gone. Yeah. Back to normal. Loving life. Yeah. Climbing the mountains living in momo all these things that we've done over the last almost four years have never felt like this yeah ever yeah to a point where i was the one like i was the one that's like yeah i I, I don't know yeah usually you're mr optimistic who's like well we get this and it's been both of us flatline (laughs) but guys well i feel like they're over here like what happened just to give you cliff notes on the first 30 days here uh i went to astrology meetup downtown denver and it was in a really bad part of downtown denver yeah and uh a homeless guy who just the poor thing must have been strung out on meth or some very strong drug attacked a woman who sprayed him with mace this is i'm in a cafe at a astrology meetup and this yeah. is happening right outside the window and he starts screaming for his life like banging on the window and shit like saying help me help me and it was just so traumatic emt showed up he started fist fighting the emts with that superhuman strength that mm-hmm. meth can get i mean and the teachers just continuing to talk about moon signs and movie and i was just so like it just traumatized me. Yeah. And then here at our apartment complex, what happened to you, baby Jay? Yeah. So I went, <clears throat> people who saw my notes. Instagram, yeah, Cliff, Cliff notes. notes. I was, I went on a run, finished up my run and I was walking back into our property. And as I was fixing to go up the stairs, guy came out with his dogs. I was like, okay, I'll move out of the way. I moved and well, he didn't have his leash tight enough and his dog bit my hand. Big ass pit bull. Yeah. 
who def i love pit bulls I, we are the biggest animal lovers yeah. over here like we've literally given up our life for our pug but this pit bull should not be living in an apartment complex the owners no. just so he got bit he came up here came into my office with this bloody mangled hand and i was like what happened to you and he's like uh downstairs neighbor dog bit my hand I'm yeah like, oh my god and so you know we don't want the dog to be euthanized or anything like that we understand it's not a bad dog it's bad owners but the property managers here i mean the dog's still here and this yeah. was 10 days ago so. yeah. yeah and that's its own that's its own beast and uh yeah that's pretty much just there's other things but yeah. there's yeah there's other things but yeah it's just been been one of like those one of the event after event after event and we're yeah. trying so hard and we love to go to coffee shops and mingle with people that's our thing to meet a new community but some of the baristas here have been fucking assholes yeah. to where it's like are we do we have a bullseye on our head that's like please be mean to me <laughs> shout out to what's the place i like rivers and roads rivers shout out to that rivers and roads because awesome. that place is always dope always in the always good Cherry people Creek. Yep. Right. So there are yep. some really good coffee shops that we've loved here. But so. still, like. But there are also just as many where we're like, "Are you guys okay? Like, are you being tortured out back? What is wrong with you? Oh no!" Definitely makes you look at your life. Yeah. And be like, "Is it me, or is no, this not?" It's never. It's. I try and understand too. Like you don't know what people come from, but yeah. then I'm like, okay, that can be a whole other episode, but. We're struggling and yeah. these are all external things that are happening to our relationship. And I love the analogy that I came up with <laughs> to my own horn here that when you enter into a relationship with someone, whether it be marriage or just committing as boyfriend, girlfriend, 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 boyfriend, boyfriend, whatever, committing to someone, you are signing up to be in an episode of Hunger Games because you guys better be firm and rooted and holding hands really tight because the world is going to drop bombs on your relationship. The world is going to send the hounds. The world mm -hmm. is going to add the buoy traps to life for you. And can you guys keep your calm, keep your cool, not take out your stress on each other? Can you depend on one another? Can you depend and trust one yeah. another when the outside world is shooting bow and arrows at your bubble? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. It's tough. I mean, you've been married. I've been married. That I'm sure you have your stories. I have mine where it's like, oh, my gosh, this is really finances. That's always the number one thing with people. <sighs> you start to realize when you get older that even people who love you have their own life. And mm -hmm. you really and truly only have, mm -hmm. if you're lucky enough, that person that's next to you who is their own individual but at the same time, like they're part of this team headed in the same direction. Yeah. So therefore we both care about the same things and how to get there. Mama loves us to death. It's one of the greatest human beings I know. Yeah. But she's got her own life. She does. Like she can't care about the things we care about when we care about them. Yeah. We want to so, be adults so bad until we are. Yeah. <laughs> Can so, I go back to high school? And so Yeah. <laughs> so you have to have a really good balance within your relationship for these things so important and that's what today's astro advice column question is about we have someone who is a aquarius yes my favorite she's an aquarius sun gemini moon virgo rising wow what a mind 
She writes, hey, Steph and JL, as a daughter of high masculine energy mother, I've realized I too have been living in a masculine energy for a long time. I'm also married to a double cancer man that I think felt comfortable with me taking the lead with a lot of things, but now I find our energies clashing. I feel a pull to step into a more feminine energy of myself, even though this is a super uncomfortable and strange feeling for me. Meanwhile, wishing my husband would step more into his masculine. We have three beautiful children together. I'm currently a stay-at-home mom, which I struggle with at times. We have known each other for 20 years, and he is truly my best friend. I can feel that. I can feel it with him. My question is, how do I allow that energy in for myself and not pass that wound to my daughter and also create a space for my husband to step into more of a leadership masculine role at home like he does at work? It's been a strange transition the last couple of years despite our constant communication. All the love and good vibes, Aquarius. I like her. That's pretty cool. So like she sent her husband's chart too, and he is, yep, he was born on a new moon. So he is a Cancer Sun, Cancer Moon, Sagittarius rising. I think one of the coolest things that I admire about what she said mm-hmm. was she said, How can I basically pull myself back out of this role, which will then allow him to do it? Like she didn't say, How can I make him do something? Yep. She basically kept it all about her. Yeah. So because she, she's cool. spot on. That's what you do as, you know, monkey see monkey do when you're in a partnership and you live together and you share your life together, you can often tell your partner, like I can tell you, Hey, I need more alone time than the average person. Mm-hmm. But then you can say, okay, why don't you go get it? Mm-hmm. Go leave, go, go do something. Mm-hmm. But the more I just show up and say, Hey, I'm taking time to be alone today. I'm closing my office door, the more it might shock you, but you might, that'll become your new normal. And then you might, as a result, go take more alone time for yourself or mm-hmm. go do, right? Like when you work out a lot, cause that's your training mm-hmm. and I don't. <laughs> you then start to. But then once you do, you're just like, Hey, I'm going to the gym. Hey, I'll be, mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, I want to go do that. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. how relationships work. Yeah. You feed off of each other, whether you see it or not. Yeah. Masculine, feminine, doesn't matter. Monkey see, monkey do. Yeah, I agree. So I think that it is beautiful when she says, how can I fall back into my feminine? Because as a result, it may have him pushed into his masculine. Yeah. You just do it, right? Like you do it. Just like you just said, you understand what those feminine roles are Mm -hmm. and you step back into them. And then when, when those masculine pieces are on the table, I think... I think if he sees you only reaching on the table to grab the feminine pieces, he's inevitably going to grab the masculine ones. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's monkey see, monkey do. Well, this is interesting that she says, she hints that he has a very leadership masculine role at work, mm-hmm. but not at home. So again, I wish we had a room where we could sit and ask her like, what do you mean by that? Because if he's got a pretty badass <clears throat> masculine job, I wonder what she, maybe well, he comes but I mean, home and doesn't participate and doesn't grab the kids and say, you go get a break. I know for for me, it's easier for me to be out there in that city standing on a stage or standing in front of people being like, this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it. But when I come home to you, it's I don't feel that same way because I there's just a different level of 
comfort in our relationship and where we're going. And so it's, I can see for him how it would be like, all right, I'm going to go lead by example, be masculine and give orders and just be a great leader outside the home. And inside the home, it's different because, well, what if he was in a relationship before where, you know, he was that way and it actually backfired kind of like my situation. Um, I never asked my ex, what do you think about this? What do you think about, like, I never made it a team. So now I find myself sometimes like overcompensating for that mm-hmm. instead of just making the decision. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Our past relationships are beautiful. I hate to keep talking about and bringing them up, but they were just such good examples of this dynamic in your past partnership you were very in your masculine role too much too much like she didn't work y'all didn't have kids for a while she Mm. didn't work and you did you paid for everything but then i also like i said i didn't ask right a team of anything it was just yeah i just took charge on everything that can keep a relationship in a kind of toxic way alive it can keep the sex flowing it can keep all the things alive because you guys were so in your polarity she Mm -hmm. was a hundred percent feminine you were a hundred but even you know there has to be a balance there can't be those hard i think in a relationship it needs to take turns honestly Mm -hmm. i think sometimes the man needs to be feminine and the woman and then immediately the or just partners, right? Yeah. Partners. You need to take turn. Masculine, feminine. You water me, I water you. Well, it's, it's everyone will relate to this because sex is... Universal. The univer- yeah, it's universal, right? If I'm the man and I'm the one that's always initiating sex with you, mm-hmm. at some point you're not going to appreciate it the same. And the moment that yeah. I wish that you would uh, like come back at me, you're not going to because yep. I'm the one who shows up every time. So I just use sex as very black and white. Like it's five days. I happen to be the one who, you know, initiates it. Five days you initiate it. Four days. Like it's just, it, there has to be a balance, balance and like this dance. Yeah. That's done well, what with about everything. Finances? Um, I'm at a point now where I still believe the man should be making enough money to pay for everything. Like uh, protect, provide kind mm-hmm. of mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a way that's still like our relationship that still allows you as the, as the woman who is an mm-hmm. independent woman who makes her own money to still feel like, like you are also taking care of this household as well. Yeah. So instead of me just saying like, no, give me all the bills, stop, I'll pay them. Don't worry about it. You save your money. Uh-huh. It It never really makes you feel like you're truly part of the progress in this team yeah and so i think it's healthy for me to know that i have enough money to pay for everything but also let you pay for what you want to pay for and then we have a discussion of like where do we go what Mm -hmm. are we doing what do you need what do you need yeah because my gosh running i do take over a lot of the feminine stuff which is making sure we've got toilet paper and paper towels Mm -hmm. and laundry soap I like doing those things. My my female brain is good at multitasking. I love to make plan our dinners out, buy the groceries. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Make ah. sure we have a vacuum and make sure we have a Swiffer to clean the floors. Yep. It's a lot. And so the fact that you're like, well, I'll pay for all those things if you just make sure they're here. Yeah. Right? Yep. I, I just, I feel 
And when she shares, I was raised by a very masculine mom. Me too, girl. I watched my mom have to do both of those things. Both plan a house with meals and cleaning and all those things with being able to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Holy adrenal fatigue. Just talking about it. Yeah. I really feel for people. And the feminist movement, I believe, caused a lot of us women to, of course, rightfully say, we're getting out of the house and we're not wearing a bra and we're going to have a job and make just as much as you. Yeah. But I also want to be a mom. Holy shit, wait. But I also have hormones. But I also have hormones that really, I I can't work as hard as a man. Mm -hmm. But I also really want to be a mom and Mm -hmm. stay at home. But but wait, I need money. And so it's gotten us into, you know, it's that extremist thing. It should have been a balance. It should have been in a perfect dreamy Pisces world. We sit down and talk with men and say, hey, we're individuals. We're not your property. Mm -hmm. We're not just someone who belongs in the bed in the kitchen. We're we're individuals and we'd like to be your partner rather than your property. Yeah. The double P's. You know, it's it's funny. I, I like to say people don't. Like if you want to accomplish anything great in life, you have to completely remove how does this benefit me from the table? How cool would it be if we were to go around and say, all right, there's no such thing as relationships anymore. No such Mm -hmm. thing as marriages. Mm -hmm. None of it. You're all individuals. You all live alone. You do your own thing. But men, you are going to work to provide 50% of what these women need from a financial standpoint. And ladies... You're going to work to provide mm-hmm. 50% of what these men need from a, you know, gardening perspective, food. Mm-hmm. Some like how many people would actually do it? Very few. Yeah. Right. Like very few because it doesn't directly benefit you. And so I think the best thing you can do in a relationship when you're trying to figure out this whole, my role, your role, call it masculine, feminine, whatever it may be is mm-hmm. every once in a while removing yourself and saying, how can I benefit this relationship with no benefit to me? But then also sometimes putting on the other shoe and saying, now what can I do in this relationship that does benefit me? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. There's yeah. two sides to a coin for there a reason. Is. It's got to be a balance. Now you bring the stars into it. Jeffrey, you're really just motorboating down there, bud. Hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> disrupted the sleep he is upset a lot of people really enjoy the ambience you provide you're welcome it's making it a little hard for me to focus cool yeah he definitely did sighing in protest so let's bring the stars into it she is an aquarius gemini moon virgo rising off the bat her aquarius sun is in the sixth house of virgo so the theme of her life is being very Virgo, structured, organized, work. This right here is exactly why she's struggling with being a stay-at-home mom because people with a heavy sixth house placement work. I have a stellium here, and what do you always tell me? Take a break. Stop working. (laughs) I don't even have to anymore. The books I'll tell you. (laughs) But I love it. I love feeling productive. Yeah. I love checking things off of my little, whoops, my little (laughs) stellium. Did it? Is it still plugged in? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Still good on there? I hope so. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, guys. We dropped the mixer. But that's the sixth house. And her north node is in there. 
She needs to work. Yeah. It's part of her purpose. She does have Venus and Mercury in the fifth house of children. So there's a piece of her that loves taking care of these children. But this is where I feel sad because a lot of stay-at-home moms in our culture don't feel like they're working. Don't feel like they're productive or creating anything. And that breaks my heart for them. And honestly, guys, full transparency, that's a huge reason why I'm 34 and I'm not a mom yet. Because I am so afraid of being chained to a house. And I know at this point in time, I'm working on it, but I know I'll be the same way. I'll raise this beautiful baby, this human, the best way I know how. But I'll be like, yeah, but what else? Yeah. What am I doing for this world? Not realizing, not being able to see that raising a child that's respectful and kind and is Is changing changing the world. world. Mm -hmm. I'll fall right into that. That's why I don't have a child yet. It's true. So I get it. I feel you guys with this. How do we switch that narrative around being a stay-at-home parent is the biggest job, the most true spiritual purpose that you can have? You put us all back out in the wild with saber-toothed tigers and lions, (laughs) and you make the men hunt, and the women stay at home and nurture the children, Mm -hmm. because if they don't, baby may not be here. Mm-hmm. The health of the child means everything to the survival yep. of the community. So yeah. you want to you wanna put people back in place, put them in a primal place. Yep. And she has her Venus squaring her Mars. So when someone says, hey, I struggle with feminine energy, I want to look at Venus. Hers is in the fifth house of Leo. So her Venus is in Aquarius. That's not a very sensual feminine placement to be in. Aquarius is a masculine sign and it's squaring. It's 90 degrees away from her Mars. So she fights between one day I am super feminine. The next my Mars wins. They're always at odds. What's her Mars in? Taurus. Taurus. Okay. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty athletic placement right there. Okay. That's another very masculine. So you throw all that together and you have quite the masculine person. Now her Gemini moon. So when you're looking at two relationship-based charts, you want to look at moon signs. Because the moon represents your soul and your heart. What you need to feel emotionally safe. (coughs) Are you okay? (laughs) We're back. Sorry. He chokes every time he drinks something. And I try and tell him, it's all the nervous energy in you. His whole chart, you guys, like sun, moon, rising, Venus, Mars, Mercury is Virgo, which is beautiful. You're going to do incredible things with that. But my Virgos have body dysmorphia. They have anxiety the most. Their nervous systems are fried. And I sit here and say, it's not my Virgo. Yeah. I have something else wrong. I don't know. The moment <clears throat> you accept that it is and you do daily meditation or you get up and go to hot yoga where you practice breath work, maybe even take a course on it, mm-hmm. that is the moment you unlock the incredible potential in your chart. And this is your astrologer speaking, not your girlfriend. So her Mars is in Taurus. Now we're back to the Gemini moon. Her heart needs open communication and truth in order to feel emotionally safe. It sounds like they have a good line of communication from what she said, but her moon, where she needs to talk, is in the 10th house of career. It's in the 10th house of Capricorn. She, When she says she's masculine, boy, she means it. Definitely. She is a go-getter. Her midheaven is in Gemini. She wants to get out there and teach people, talk to people. She wants to write books, to have podcasts. She's always in the self-development sphere. 
And she also has Chiron in her 10th house. So there's a wound there of like, oh, I love being a mom, but my purpose is out there. Dang it. Was his chart on there or just his? Oh, son? yeah. I'm okay. about to pop over to his. But just remember this. And so she was born in 1989. So she is past the age of 30. So she stepped into her rising sign. So, yes, she's an Aquarius. But now she's full-blown Virgo. Now let's hop into Cancer Husband. So he is a Cancer son. And his son is in the eighth house of Scorpio. So hers is in the sixth house of daily service, work, co-workers, routine, checking things off the list. His is in the eighth house of Scorpio. This is someone who goes deep. This is someone who needs to have deep conversations. This is someone who may hide from their shadow side or from their wounds, causing them to be very weak, right? But he, she said he has a pretty big leadership role out in the world. So yeah. this could be that right there because he's like, let's do this. I can have the focus and the executive ability that Scorpios are so good at. But his heart is in cancer. So what the first thing I look at in terms of compatibility is what are these people's moon signs? What's their love language like? Gemini and cancer. What do you think? It's like, it's like putting peanut butter with mayonnaise. <laughs> Written in the stars, the the couple that won was Gemini Cancer. Oh, they were. Yeah. Okay, never mind. So while these two are their neighbors, you know, they're neighbors in the zodiac, which makes them polar opposites. I think it can be beautiful because Cancer just wants love. Well, but they okay, just want nurturing and love. Gemini can give that with words. But he's Scorpio. He doesn't want it with words, right? Like a Scorpio Cancer Scorpio would want it with touch touch and physical, physical touch. intimacy mm. so and that's and that's where the confusion can simply be right like what if what if let's just hypothetical what if this was the case and what if we were to say hey you and you are doing a really good job but here's what you're not understanding is you want to go to the depths in a physical intimate way you are trying to give intimacy but it's coming through words so you're just kind of like you're just kind of sitting here not understanding each other but if you understand that by her talking this is how she goes deep but if you also understand by you touching him and looking into his eyes while you talk mm -hmm. that's how he'll feel deep and she may think that that's too feminine yep because she's yep. very masculine cerebral she's yep. very smart really witty with this chart yeah but his is very sensual yep. i want to make love and i want to just touch or yep. like you say i don't want to talk right now just hold me yeah yeah and that, again that's, that's me that's probably him like, uh, this is our our own relationship right like i've looked at steph and said we both love to talk but if i'm struggling or if we need like intimacy to me in a moment just grab me and hold me like for some reason that means more than anything in the world and that lets me go deep with her and you know your you have your own ways as well like so the better they can understand like it's perfect written in the stars feet on the ground looking at different perspectives and it's like oh we're just not seeing eye to eye we're trying yeah but now we we have more tools yeah so he's cancer moon in the eighth house she is gemini moon in the tenth house so her heart is in the area of career. 
and being a leader because it's the house of Capricorn. His heart is in the house of let's transform together. Let's go deep. Let's mm-hmm. talk. Let's have sex a lot. Sex is very important to people with this many placements in the eighth house. Mm-hmm. But it can also make him more feminine because he's like, I feel this or I need to just relax, be that watery moon he is. Mm-hmm. And she's more, well, let's talk, let's fix, let's do. Yeah. So I can see exactly what she's talking about now. Yeah. Now you hop over to Venus. So remember her Venus is in Aquarius in the fifth house of Leo. She loves children. She's probably such a good mom with Venus and Aquarius in the fifth house. He's going to have like Venus and Mars. I mean, um, Venus and uh, Aries. Venus is in Gemini. That's ah. beautiful for her moon. I actually pulled up their composite chart too, which if we have time, I'll look at. But this is a very beautiful relationship. Now, here's the thing. And if you're listening to this, Aquarius girl, really pay attention. His Venus is conjunct, sitting right on top of, holding hands with his Chiron to the degree. He's got Venus at 12 degree Gemini. His Chiron is 12 degree Gemini. And it's sitting on top of his love line. In the seventh house of love and marriage, this is really painful. So earlier in the conversation when you were saying he's probably had a relationship where it was super wounding, you're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And this could either be him personally or maybe he watched his parents cheat on each other or be abusive or lie Mm -hmm. to each other. But there is a really deep wound with love and connection in this chart of his. Yeah. Oh, now the beauty of this is Chiron becomes your purpose. So this isn't just all doom and gloom of, oh, that sucks. This being in a relationship, being married is really important to him. I mean, with all this Scorpio placement too, commitment and loyalty are at the forefront of his mind. He really wants to make it work, which is so beautiful because that tells me when she has an issue, he is more than willing to listen and say, Okay, what do I listen to? Where do I go to learn more about this? Yeah. Beautiful. You throw in his cancer, sun, and moon. He loves his family. He loves his unit, and he is ready to work. Yeah. So Venus conjunct Chiron says relationships are painful. He experiences one issue with it, and it kind of leads into them. So this could be him not wanting to do the work or being afraid of it because he is so afraid of splitting up. Well, he also, just know this, and this isn't poking at anyone with a cancer moon, but he also has a wound within that cancer moon itself that like, I see the world from a place that like, it isn't my fault or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so you add that with that wound on top of it. And it's like, I can, I can see how he either recluses so much because internally he's like, it's all my fucking fault. Everything's my fault. And then that puts you in a feminine kind of ah. mindset as a man if it's all my fault then what the fuck do i do like I'm, i don't want to mess up i don't want like you said i don't want this relationship to end like when really and truly like mm-hmm. you just need to take a breath and realize that it's always all our fault yeah right she has a pretty masculine wound yeah uh, wound moon she has a masculine moon in gemini mm. where she says i'll take ownership gemini's love self-improvement mm-hmm. ask anybody with a Gemini sun moon arising, hey, what's a good book on how to tame my ego? <laughs> They'll send you a list. So she loves this stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why she listens to this podcast. That's why she wrote in. She's yeah. like, let's work and fix. He, yeah, on his empowered side with a cancer moon, he's ready to fix things in, in, in the name of the family. 
The disempowered side of having a cancer moon is you play victim and you do call the world saying it's the world's fault, not mine. And then when you have a partner who's saying, no, it's your fault, Mm -hmm. then I can see how that would make somebody Mm -hmm. be like, walls up. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. So there it is. And it's in the eighth house. So his cancer moon, he's being called to look at his shadow side. Now we add, we're going to add his Saturn into this because it's really playing a heavy role. His Saturn. So his karmic lesson in this lifetime is in Scorpio. He is meant to transmute the poison that life has given him into medicine and be an alchemist, be a strong healer. He's a Sagittarius rising. He's meant to be Mr. Optimistic and life is okay and I got this no matter what happened in my past. Yeah. But with Saturn in the 12th house for him, this is the house of all things hidden. And I know that when there's planets in here, this is what people struggle to see. If their moon is in here, they really struggle to get in tune with their emotions. If their Saturn, their karmic lesson is in this house, they can't see it. They run away from it. They move away from it. They don't think it's there. They don't understand that everything happens for you, not to you. Mm-hmm. His cancer moon can say, no, life has happened to me and it sucks. And yeah. I'm just going to sit in this eighth house and be depressed about it. Yeah. Which could, as a man could take away from that masculine drive. Life happens to me. It sucks. I'm not getting up and going for a run. I'm not going to make money. You know what I mean? I think the best thing, best piece of advice I could give to him, if if um, if I, he were somebody who I worked one-on-one with, I think the absolute best piece of advice, without knowing him more, would be start intentionally doing things that challenge you and make you uncomfortable. Like if mm-hmm. you're somebody who is like your chart, you're watery, you like feeling, you probably definitely don't like getting punched in the fucking face. So... <laughs> Go join a boxing class. Ah. It'll make you super uncomfortable, and it'll also show you that it's okay to fall, it's okay to fail, but you'll also learn how to get back up and how to punch somebody else back in the face. Like, you you, you put yourself in situations that make you uncomfortable, and it actually helps you build yourself up to a place where you understand who you truly are as a man. Yeah. And then that instills confidence. Then that instills competence. And then you become somebody who is... Just a well-rounded human being. Still fails, still falls, but understands himself a little more. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the scariest thing for a man is a woman he's in love with. The scariest thing for a man is losing a woman he's in love with and also being with a woman he's in love with at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. Yeah. A woman can bring a man to his knees. Mm-hmm. The most masculine creature ever mm-hmm. can just melt. Yep. Both in a beautiful way, but in a painful way. Yes. And so you take a chart like his. Yeah. And you take a chart like hers. She has so much power over him because his cancer Scorpio dynamic is in love with yep. her. She truly holds the fate of him in her hands. Yeah. Which he's got to learn not to give her. Yeah. I, if he were listening, I would advise him to piss her off. Tell her no. Yeah. She's so used to a win. Aquarius girlfriend, I'm still on your side. You're well, no, it's the thing. The she's show, she's but... asking you, yeah. like, how do I pull myself back? And if you were to say, well, listen, I'm going to whisper in your ear. You're not going to pull yourself back, but we're going to help him step into being a 
the man that we know he is. Yeah. And it might trigger you a minute, but it's because we care about you and the relationship. And you know that if he becomes the ultimate him, yeah. that now you have the ultimate partner. You've been sitting there going like, fuck, here he is. You know how many women I've coached and talked about with their relationships, the imbalance of masculine and feminine, and I'm like, would it make you happy if he just looked at you and said, no? Mm -hmm. She was like, yeah. I would be triggered at first, but then I'd be like, that's sexy. That guy you had me follow on Instagram with the nose thing. Alex Ramosi. Yeah. When he posted something yesterday, and I almost unfollowed from this because I was just like, ah, not my thing. But then I'm like, wait, wait, this this triggered me. Let me let me sit with this. This is cool. I like being triggered. He posted some a story about when he was in a fraternity mm-hmm. back in college. Did you see this? No, I didn't see that one. It's a post where he shares a little story of when he was in a fraternity. He was kind of like the dorky guy or the freshman getting initiated into the frat. The juniors and the seniors are. Yeah. Well, he said, as a freshman in the fraternity, your job to be initiated into it is to drive the drunk seniors around. So. Mm. You're the guy who drives. What's that? What is it? Designated driver. Thank you, designated driver. And he was like, there was just one guy in the frat who was just a smoke show, just gorgeous dude, big dick energy. And he said he would land tens. He called them tens. And I was like, wait, are you talking about women? Yeah. Okay. Now we're numbering women. Okay. That's where I was like, oh, I'm done with you. Yeah. But, but guys, keep an open mind. He's like, this guy would land all the tens. He had tens coming in and out of his room all the time. Every party he went to, I'd pick him up and he'd be getting in a car with a ten. And so he said, one night I was driving him back and this ten was like talking to him, but he put dip, that tobacco in his bottom lip. Mm-hmm. And she was like, ew, I'm not going to kiss you with that. And she was like, get that out of your mouth. And she was like trying to pull it out of his mouth. And he just kept moving his head like, no, fuck off. I'm doing my dip. And then she looked at him and was like, can you tell your brother to, return to your brother, mm-hmm. to get the dip out of that's so gross. And then he said, yeah, man, take that out. You don't kiss a girl with that shit in your mouth. And he was like, no, I'm keeping it in because this is what I like to do. And I'm not going to change who the fuck I am for you guys. And then they started making out. And... He was like, I learned a lesson in that moment, hyper-masculine, but women love that. Mm -hmm. They love men who say, this is who the fuck I am. I'm doing this. If you don't like it, get the fuck out. Like that's that's toxic. But it shows that he's rooted and he's grounded and he chooses himself and he knows who he is, even if it is toxic. And that's sexy. Why didn't she want to be with Mr. Designated Driver who wasn't who was probably drinking water and kombucha? Yeah. Because that's not sexy. Yeah. That's giving in to the woman. Yeah. She says, Tell your friend to get the dip out of his mouth. Oh, yes, ma'am. Hey, can you take that out? You look weak. You look very feminine. Here's a uh, Do you know what I'm saying? Did I explain it good enough? Yeah, healthy example. Well, that's why i almost unfollowed him no I was like, it's Ew. no it's a good it's a good it's a good lesson I, I still like him um healthy example we'll use us for instance i went uh, you go to bed you turn your phone off right there was a streak there for a while and actually i've been doing something different now but there was a streak for a while where i was like you were like hey turn your phone off and i was like no because i enjoy waking up to these text messages i'm getting so like I get it, I'll move my phone farther away, but I'm not turning it off. Sorry. And then we had a podcast after and you were like, kind of upset me. I don't like it. But actually, I like that you said no. And then we've had other moments like I'm going to go for a hike. You, for instance, right? Hey, I'm going to go to the gym. 
do you want me to go with you? You're like, no, I want to go alone. I'm like, sweet. Okay. I also like that as a man as well. So it's like, this is how our brains are programmed. We don't want, we all want to people please, especially our partner, Mm -hmm. but we really, really enjoy it. And it makes us really human when we don't. Especially yeah. our partner. Especially men. So it's yes, like that's what they are men. supposed. I mean, women are not supposed to just say yes sir all the time. <clears throat> no. We need to also like the example. Hey, you want to have sex? Said. No, I don't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm having such deja vu right now. Nice. Totally like this room and everything. So it's, weird. It's you find one of the things you find in life is that it's never going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. One of the things you find in life especially through friendships and relationships are there's always going to be something always. Yeah. You may have four or five days where it seems pure bliss, but just remember that hell may be on its way, but you, but you gain these tools and you gain this knowledge. So that way when hell knocks on the door, you can let it in all have a conversation and send it on its way instead of letting it disrupt everything that you've just now worked on and having to start back over again. Mm hmm. So I would definitely tell him that he needs to, to start telling her no, to start telling her no in a healthy way and to start doing things that make him feel like more of a man, whatever that is. If that means going to throw axes one night with your friends, cool. <laughs> if that means like going and learning, but I, I would always advise people to learn something new. And this is something I need to do for mm-hmm. myself too. go to a jujitsu class, go get tapped out and choked out as a man. Jesus like, Christ. Serious, you need you need to understand what real um, humbleness and failure feels like. So when you lift yourself uh, back up out of it, you understand what both sides of this coin look like and feel like as well. Right. So she said he's in a really good masculine leadership role. So he's used to winning. He's used yeah. to succeeding. It's a really good point. That's a really <clears throat> good point. Eat some humble pie. Yep. I mean, even I need that with all these followers I have. Oh yeah, it's like cool now. But I have that all the time. I put myself in situations where it's like, oh, nope, don't win. Yeah. But her, so her specific question is, I was just reading it over. How do I allow that feminine energy in for myself and not pass that wound to my daughter? Ooh, because she was raised by a masculine mom. So birth chart aside, she's got that in her. I'm not a woman, so I can't speak on it specifically, but I feel like the answer would also lie kind of within the same thing. A man needs to go do manly things and needs to fall on his face as a man. And a woman needs to lean into the things that allow her to be more of a woman, mm-hmm. whatever those might be. Mm-hmm. And you'll have to give examples, but like, I just, I feel like that's the other side of the coin. Honestly, I think tracking your cycle and communicating it to everyone around you and having a masculine partner that understands, Oh, you need this. Mm-hmm right now or you need that that's a really feminine thing but wow how do i not pass that wound to my daughter well imagine imagine three years from now you're sitting in the same shoes as this person right now what advice would you give yourself because you grew up with a very masculine mom had no choice you've become a very masculine woman so what advice would you give to yourself three years down the road we always like to say like, man, if I could go back and talk to my younger self, well, here's your yeah. chance. What would you say? She said, how do I also create a space for him to step into more of a leadership role at home like he does at work? 
that's not on you. That's on him. Him, yeah. And if he goes and does things like I talked about a minute ago and finds whatever that heart is and uncomfortable is for him, he'll inevitably, as a byproduct, start stepping into that role at the house. He could even just go, like, sign up for a 5K or a marathon. Anything that's hard. (laughs) Anything that you have the greatest potential to fail at. Don't pick something that, that you have a great chance to succeed at. Pick something that you definitely have a greater chance of failing and he'll step into it. So foreign and weird to you. Yep. Mm. And he'll step into it at home like he does at work. Why do you, as a man, why do you think men are so good at being badass at work, but then at home just suck? Because I get so, again, they're comfortable. I am comfortable speaking to 76 people every Sunday at work, getting them ready for the week. Why? Because... I can't really fail because even if they fail in my mind, if they fail at their job, this job, this career, this isn't my pure livelihood. Like this isn't the survival of my family in a sense, right? I can go get another job. I can go do this. I can lead more people. It's different whenever you're looking the people in the face who truly need and depend on you to show up as a man. Yeah. It's different. You, you make, you can easily at work make a decision that you know may not be the best outcome, but if it is or isn't, oh well, we'll figure it out then. You go try and make that same decision in your home where you know the outcome is we're going to have no food tonight or we're going to have food tonight. It makes your decisions a little bit different. Yeah. It makes you hesitate more. It makes you think more, and then that can be a problem as well, but it's easy. Work is easy, especially when you build yourself up into a role that you are a leader. Mm-hmm. If you don't go challenge yourself and always remind yourself mm-hmm. that there's somebody out there who is bigger and fucking badder than you, you'll always just be comfortable. And if you're comfortable, mm-hmm. you never grow. Ooh. And for her, since I can really resonate with her in terms of being hyper-masculine in her relationship, that is single-handedly why my marriage didn't work. Because mm-hmm. I was the daddy. <laughs> but... You've got to, you're, you're a very smart girl. I can see it written all over your chart. Your mind is sharp. And so you can see things coming, whereas a lot of men are one-track minded. They're so, hey, honey, can you go fix the doorknob? We women, for some reason, can't compute how to change a flat tire or fix a doorknob. But you know but a men, day before it's going to go flat. Yeah, but yeah. we'll know. Like, yeah, exactly. But you have to let him absorb his natural consequences for his decisions. Of course, so long as they don't affect you and your Mm -hmm. children. But when you want to control and say, don't do that, don't eat that, try this, do this. Can you make sure that's done? Say it once and then let him absorb the natural consequences for his both decisions and lack of taking action. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I think if you give him, hey, honey, can you do this by Thursday? And he doesn't. Thursday comes around. Hey, honey, I asked you what happened. Mm-hmm. The more he realizes, oh, I need to calm down. I need to take a deep breath. I need to be more organized. And But also, he'll absorb the natural consequences of his inaction, which kind of pushes him and forces him to take responsibility. When we women do everything for men, we run the errands, we make their doctor's appointment, we do all the things that we're naturally good at. We rob them of growing up. Yeah. We rob them of their masculinity. Yeah, there's there's some things that are okay to do as a partner, but then there's a lot of things that, yeah, you just, 
They're not your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Right? At all. Men need to absorb the natural consequences for their actions instead of having people-pleasing women absorb all of it and mm-hmm. take it all on because that causes us to burn out, to feel too much in our masculine, and then we're exhausted. It's just a whole chain of events that comes from this. So yeah. I would advise him to start telling you no <laughs> and start stepping in his masculine, and I would tell you to back off. And tell him no. And tell him no, but also tell him you're going to absorb the natural consequences of your actions. Oh, I can see it coming and he's my best friend and I don't want him to go through that, but you're robbing him of growth and soul evolution. Yeah, and most of the time, it's not a pain. We fear that we don't want to see our partner in pain, so we rob them of that. But the thing is, is like there's a slight uncomfortable feeling that they're going to go through that is going to create a phenomenal person on the other side. Yeah. So, yeah, but now you got to give her, you got to give, you got to give the advice. What advice would you give to yourself right now? So that way you're, how old is, did she say how old are the little ones? And he's 85. But how old were their little ones? She didn't say oh, her she age. Oh, she didn't say, no. But how, she said, how do I make sure I don't pass this on to my daughter? My daughter. Ooh, I've never had children. I've never crossed the threshold into carrying and birthing a child. I truly don't know. I what don't want to give her directions to a place I've never been. What are you actively doing so that a way one day when you oh. do, that you don't pass these things down that mama and her mama passed along? Analyzing the shit out of my grandma and my mom who are still blessed to be with us today. I'm truly analyzing their mindsets and their current lives and how they got to that situation. And then I'm taking that knowledge and applying it to my current situation and saying, okay, how am I repeating this? Because I literally am with the dog. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. It's if I'm ever blessed and decide to step into mother- motherhood one day, Jeffrey, the pug has been, he's like, oh, what? <laughs> the greatest tool of learning how to not repeat that. And the women in my family have totally self-sacrificed and let people, their children, walk all over them in the name of unconditional love. Mm-hmm. It ends with me. Yeah. And I think for a moment it'll make me look like the villain or the bad guy because I am going to take a lot of solo trips mm-hmm. or girlfriend trips and just bring a balance to it. I am going to leave them with hopefully family to go on trips with you. Yep. Now, I can't just live my entire life like that. I've got to bring them with me sometimes. But no. the more, if I have a daughter like she does, the more my daughter sees me choose myself, and even if she cries at the door like the boys did, and I cry on my way to the airport, I know that that imprint, it maybe hurt her, but it didn't harm her, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Everything that you do in life is to build people and this is children as well, but is to build people up enough to a place where they are individuals who stand on their own two feet, who understand respect and integrity and love and support, but at the same time always remain an individual. And you can't build up individuals if you're never truly an individual. And so it sounds like for women, you really, like you really, 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 more so than men probably, and it sucks. It sucks that so much falls on women's shoulders, but... Whoever created us the way they did, did it for a reason. And we'll know one day when we know, but you more than anyone have to lead by example. 
Monkey see, monkey do. With everything that we humans are little goldfish brains. We don't listen. That's why, here we go and down another rabbit hole, but that's why the Instagram self-help is, I love it, I do, but it's dangerous Mm -hmm. because it keeps you in a perpetual state of how can I heal today? What wounds came up today? Why can't we just be? Remember my, my Monday newsletter? I said my happiest, most peaceful chapter was when I only followed photographers so all i saw on my social media were pretty pictures i think we do a pretty good job of it that's why we even you're an astrologer right Mm -hmm. and i'm a coach but we still step outside of that sometimes and are like okay right now with the shit that's going on in my life even though it's chaotic and may seem tough right now we're not going to relate it to coaching we're not going to relate it to astrology we're going to just relate it to being human right now for a little bit and then we'll get back to it but you, yeah, you have to feed on the ground yeah. in the stars. Yeah, absolutely. Baby Jay, thank you for joining me on this podcast, taking time out of your busy day to be here. Thank you. It's, it's an honor when we get time to snag you and pull you in the studio. I enjoy it. Yeah. And actually guys, I'm going to a cycle class, <laughs> a little lunchtime cycling. And do you, do you want me to go with you? No. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I do. I looked at how there's nobody else in the class. I was like, you know what? Just you and me and the teacher would be sick. I remember when we went to the one in Evansville and after we walked out, she was like, y'all's energy is so awesome. And I remember the whole time we were just fucking around. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we were pedaling and I still got like second on the board, but like we were legit just having fun. Yeah, that's all we do. I told you, when I tell you, we've been together four years now and I tell you, I can't go to a yoga class with you. Because you'll fart. I'll start laughing so hard I'll either faint or we'll just get kicked out. Or you'll out fart because, also and then I'll laugh. Yeah, because if you, monkey see, monkey do. If you yeah. start farting, I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. Let me yeah. pop one out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. And we'll get booted out and make more enemies here in Denver. Last, well, might as well just keep adding to the list. <laughs> um, last little piece of advice for them is go have fun together. Like, don't yeah, not Yeah, you guys have, have three fun. little ones. When's the last time you guys yeah. got to go out and just fart on each other and yeah. not have to worry about chasing kids and keeping them alive? Yeah. Go have fun together. Period. We can't talk. We won't find a babysitter for our dog. We won't, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you to do the things that we're not doing. So do listen. Do as we say, not as we do. Thank you guys for submitting your questions. We're getting through them all. They're great. You guys share so many heartfelt stories with me. I can't believe how safe you feel to share some of the things you do. And it's an honor. Can you believe that? They, Because your name's on the email too. No, I appreciate it. At the end of the day. They trust us. And to two Scorpio moons, that's the ultimate form of love is that y'all trust us. I told Steph walking this morning, I said, one thing I value in people is when I can tell you something and it mm-hmm. stays between us. And so I appreciate you putting this on here to allow us to talk about but also even if you put hey this is just a story i don't want you to talk about it that it would stay between us forever always nobody gonna see it thank you guys we'll see you again for another episode go take care of yourselves and enjoy what is going to be the craziest astrological month of the year if not decade (laughs) that is march 2023 if you don't know what's going on go look at the archives we've got podcasts about it but it's so big i might record another one i was gonna say you haven't recorded about the thing that i'm gonna record something called march 2023 yeah so see you guys then later